Welcome into the UGA Football Live podcast. I'm your host, J.C. Shelton, in partnership with UGA Wire of the USA Today's College Wire Network. What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining me here on the first week of February, National Signing Day week and Super Bowl week. Both are one of my favorite weeks as a football fan, but it's a little different, of course, this year because of COVID with Super Bowl Radio Row, uh, which if you don't know, it's when a bunch of radio stations from across the country uh, come to one spot wherever the Super Bowl is held and get to talk to celebrities and, and more than just athletes, but really a lot of famous people come to these things because they're in town for the Super Bowl because that's what you do when you're rich. You get to go to the Super Bowl every year. But so this year it's on Zoom, and so it's like Zoom Radio Row. And honestly, press conference Zooms are probably the most boring thing you can watch, which is complete opposite of the actual game itself. So Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, can't wait to watch those guys duel it out on Sunday. But today, we'll break down National Signing Day and some Georgia football news, including a new staff hire, staff raises, and much more. So that's coming up next. But first, got to remind you to rate, subscribe, and review. Uh, Only five-star reviews allowed, though, so... Make sure and do that. But check out UGA Wire for all things Georgia football. A part of the USA Today, we break down news and rumors, uh, post highlights, interviews, analysis, and more. That's UGAWire.com. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UGA Football Live. And me, I'm on Twitter at J underscore Shelton underscore. So college football roundup. So we'll start with some team news here. UGA has officially announced the date for G-Day. The Georgia spring game will be held on April 17th. We don't know what the allow capacity will be for now, uh, but I'm thinking it will at least be 25%, which it was, you know, during the fall. Also, receiver Matt Landers, or former receiver Matt Landers, who entered the transfer portal after the season, has signed with Toledo. So good luck to Landers there. He's a former three-star recruit from Georgia's 2017 recruiting class. Um, He should do well in that system. Uh, Toledo has a great program, good offense too. And more team news, and we talked about this a few weeks ago when he was seen at the practice complex, but Georgia football has officially hired Will Muschamp. Kirby Smart said he will be serving as a defensive analyst. He, of course, was last at South Carolina for five years before the Auburn defensive coordinator position, and before that, head coach at Florida. I'm excited for this for a few reasons. One, Muschamp is just a great recruiter, specifically defensively, right? I don't know how much recruiting he will be doing at Georgia, uh, but common sense would be to use Muschamp in any way he could help, and and bringing in defensive blue chips is what he does. Look at Florida and South Carolina under Muschamp. Yeah, he wasn't winning uh, like the norm you want there, but he recruited some of the top DBs in the country. Carolina's got two corners headed into the draft this year who are rated highly in J.C. Horn and Israel Makamu. And just thinking back to Florida, Vernon Hargraves, Keanu Neal were both highly talented recruits and are starters in the NFL today. And if memory serves, they were first round draft picks as well. So not only can he develop defensive backs, he recruits at the position well and can use that clout to UGA's advantage, I think. The reason that Dog Nation should be excited is the holes that we have at DB for 2021. You know, we lose Eric Stokes, Mark Webb, Tyson Campbell, Richard LeCount, DJ Daniel to the draft and then Tyreek Stevenson to transfer. 
that's most of the production in the back end, like 90% if you were to do the math. So we still have numbers and talent at the position. For example, five-star Keely Ringo, who actually I have a really cool stat on that I'll share later. But what we lack is experience, and that is huge in the SEC with how offenses are playing now especially. Air raid offenses where DBs have to effectively cover man-to-man at times and communicate well. You know, that's where Muschamp can bring his expertise in and help these younger guys like Chris Smith, Latavius Brini, learn the defense and the calls they need to make. So as a team, when we make these stops that we need, um, we could build off that and create communication and better play in the back end to give us time to stop these guys like Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, these offenses that are so potent, even though we don't play LSU and Ole Miss next year. But we could see him. So I read he will be making $300,000, 300K for not even technically being a coach. Pretty ridiculous. Um, but anyways, here's Kirby on hiring Muschamp. Yeah, uh, as of last week, um, we were able to get things uh, completed uh, with Will. He'll be joining our our staff in a uh, off the field role. We call it an analyst, and um, he's already uh, made a lot of strides in terms of helping me, helping our staff. He'll be able to help coach the coaches, and um, he'll be working with the defensive side of the ball. But um, very, very valuable to have a guy that's been a head coach at two places in our conference. Uh, he knows the ins and outs of this conference. Uh, he'll be able to help uh, our staff, our coaches um, in a lot of ways. And I'm excited to be able to uh, have him join us. I know he's not through his coaching days. That's really important for him to be able to get out there and have the relationships and uh, go develop a position group and uh, coach. So I know that's important to him. And uh, his family's been his focus here recently because I know he feels like he's moved his family all over the country. And this is an opportunity for him to, to give back to them and be with them and, um, and be able to watch his son play. And that was via Kirby's press conference on National Signing Day, his first conference in over a month. So I have a few more clips of that we'll share. So staying with more team news here, defensive coordinator Dan Lanning, whose name was thrown around for the Texas D.C. position before he elected to stay with the Bulldogs, he just got a huge raise. Already the top assistant in terms of pay, now he's making $1.7 million, which is a raise of four hundred and seventy-five dollars from last year. I imagine that's in response to how popular Lanning is for other jobs, but he now ranks fourth in assistant coach pay rate in the SEC. Along with Lanning, running back coach Dale McGee got a 200K raise and will make 800K this year, and tight ends coach Todd Hartley got a 50K raise and will make 450K in 2021. Up next, we'll break down National Signing Day and get Kirby's thoughts on the 2021 recruiting class. The 2021 recruiting cycle is now over. National Signing Day was on Wednesday. Uh, this is Thursday. so But the dogs already had their board filled, really, and signed from the early signing period uh, in December. Except really one target, and that was five-star safety, Terrion Arnold. So, Dog Nation, we were waiting on this commitment. Um, he was choosing between Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. But Crimson Tide locked him in. We missed out there. Uh, So he'll be headed to Tuscaloosa. But we did get a big commitment from four-star in the 2022 class, and that's Bear Alexander, a defensive tackle from Denton, Texas. First off, what a terrific name. Cannot wait to write and say his name um, as a future Bulldog, Bear Alexander. He's 6'4", 330 pounds. Reminds me of Jalen Carter, the five-star D-tackle who played fullback 
and D tackle this season. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he earns that fifth star in the next year from 247 Sports, which is the service we use. Um, other services have him as a five star, but regardless, really talented, big get for the 2022 class, which jumped to number two in the country right behind Ohio State. Uh, so that for that's next year, which is, I guess, this recruiting cycle now because 2021 is done. So let's do a rundown of this class. Uh, the Dogs have the number three ranked class in the country now, uh, number two in the SEC behind Alabama. Alabama had a ridiculous class this season. Uh, top five classes are Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and Clemson. Our average per player grade is 94.52, um, which is really interesting to me because it was 92 last year in Georgia's number one ranked class of 2020. So that's a full two and a half points different between the two. And you don't really see that big of a jump um, in the bigger classes. Alabama, I think, was at, we'll see, they're at 95. Yeah, they were at 95. So just barely ahead of us in per player average. 20 players have signed their letter of intent to become a Bulldog. And actually a bunch of those guys have already enrolled and are on campus right now. And like I said, most of this class, and and you'll hear it from Kirby as well, was done in December um, in an early signing period, which has kind of changed how the whole college football world works now with that early signing period. A lot of guys like to get on campus early, get to practicing, getting to learn the offense and everything. And a lot of guys do graduate high school early nowadays. So, and with COVID, that just kind of sped the process up even more. So here's Georgia's official 2021 recruiting class. We'll start with the defense here, and I'll just name them off. Marlon Dean, three-star defensive tackle. Chaz Chambliss, a four-star outside linebacker. Javon Bullard, three-star cornerback. Keep his keep his name in your mind because he will be looking to contribute as a freshman in the defensive backfield next fall. David Daniel, four-star cornerback. Tyrion Ingram-Dawkins, um, four-star defensive tackle, 6'5", 300 pounds. Then we have Nylon Green, a four-star cornerback. Very talented, 6'2", can run. Um, Kamari Lasseter, also really talented athlete. We had him on the show. If you haven't heard that episode, I'll put the link in the description. Um, we actually interviewed him earlier in the season, but he's a four-star cornerback. Jonathan Jefferson, 6'4", 255-pound defensive end. Jamon Dumas Johnson, he's a four-star linebacker. And then we go to offense. A couple of guys here are really key uh, moving forward. Two that come to my mind are Brock Vandegrift and Amarius Mims. So Brock Vandegrift, five-star QB, 6'3", uh, 205 pounds, plays at Prince Avenue Christian here in Athens. Really talented guy. Amarios Mims, who is the most highly rated recruit of this recruiting class, 6'7", 315, five-star offensive tackle. He reminds me of Andrew Thomas, Isaiah Wilson type. Huge guys on the outside, um, rangy, uh, can move their feet. He's so powerful. He's going to be really good. Brock Bowers. Four-star tight end from California. He can catch. He can run. Jackson Meeks is a 6'2", 190-pound three-star wide receiver. Uh, Adonai Mitchell, also a three-star wide receiver. Dylan Fairchild, 6'5", 295-pound four-star offensive guard. He was a really highly rated guy in this class, so look for him to contribute also. And then to end it out, we'll go LaVissier Carroll, 6'8", 189-pound four-star running back, the only running back added in this class. Here's Kirby's thoughts on this year's number three ranked squad. Yeah, I'm very pleased. You know, I, I, I look at it, I just told Claude, this is not really a signing day Zoom because we our signing class was pretty much done in, in December. And I think that's the way it's uh, moving forward to, especially with COVID. In terms of COVID, the class is done. So um, it's kind of anticlimactic to 
talk about the signing class because I think that we've kind of been focused on them uh, since they arrived. Uh, so many of them were here mid-year, and so many of them were able to practice with us or um, come and enroll in school and begin workouts with us. So I'm excited about those guys. And uh, it was an interesting class because, you know, sometimes the, the first time you saw some of the guys was when they were walking in uh, for school or walking in for, for bowl practice because you didn't get the uh, official visit time with those guys. So I'm excited about those guys coming into work and uh, they, they're a really good academic group. And we thought it was a good class uh, all in all. I want to circle back real quick to a couple of guys who will be a large part of the secondary rehaul in the future, because that's really where I think we'll see these true freshmen get playing time next season. Our roster is so deep. I just don't see any of these guys seeing meaningful snaps, except maybe Javon Bullard, Kamari Lassiter, and Nylon Green. So Bullard is a three-star basketball and football athlete from Milledgeville, who I think is versatile enough to move around and try different spots to contribute. And Kamari Lassiter, who I mentioned earlier, uh, is also a dual sport guy with crazy tape that could really help depth maybe at nickel. And lastly, Nylon Green, who I'm really excited about. He's long at 6'2", and he's rated the number two corner in the country out of Covington. I think he could see some time on the outside next season um, with Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell gone. And I really think there's a certain type of player Kirby likes on the outside. And Nylon Green reminds me of that. He's a long guy like Tyson and Eric were both long, really fast guys, and Nylon fits that mold. Kirby gave his thoughts on the secondary moving forward. Well, I think the number one thing is secondary is a development position, too, especially for us. When you look at it across the board, uh, the number of players we've had uh, play as freshmen uh, have been few and far between when it comes to uh, defensive backs. There's certainly been role players, um, but not many guys that just step in and go play. So uh, it's a position we have to develop. We've got some guys we've been developing for a while that will need to step up and play. Um, we've also got some young players that we just signed, we just talked about, that will have to grow quickly, and uh, we'll get an opportunity to compete for uh, positions we certainly got availability at that that spot and uh, we've known that was coming for a long time uh, because we had some talented players that we knew were going to have the ability to leave as juniors so uh, these young guys will will begin to work some of the older guys that got to play in the bowl game more than normal they're going to get a lot of opportunities and uh, we're going to try to develop these guys and and, and get ready to play I mean the best the best help for that secondary will be the front four uh, getting getting some pressure and being able to rush so that'll be just as important um, as anything else we do so if we're talking about the secondary here I've got to talk about Keely Ringo So the five-star, number one corner in the 22 recruiting class, missed last season with a shoulder injury. He's been a full go in practice for some time now, and he will be one of the top options on the outside next season. So I saw a picture posted by Ringo's mom that showed the results from a Georgia practice. It showed the players who reached the top overall speed and miles per hour in practice. And I would have guessed it was Arian Smith, uh, who is widely considered the fastest player on the UGA team and one of the fastest players in the country. I mean, he set crazy track times in high school, and we saw how fast he was as a receiver in the Peach Bowl. The only thing is, he wasn't the fastest player registered. Da-da-da-da. It was Keely Ringo, who reached 22 miles per hour, beat Smith, who came in second by over a mile an hour. So I thought that was really awesome, especially when you consider Ringo has almost 20 pounds on Smith. I don't know what that will mean uh, moving forward, but all I'm saying is watch out for Ringo. I think he could be an absolute monster for George in the future, and we just haven't seen him. So it's kind of an intriguing aspect for next season to think about. Now we got dogs in the Super Bowl 
coming up next. Right, so dogs in the Super Bowl. Part of our dogs in the NFL series. Super Bowl 55 is set between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Game is scheduled for a 6.30 p.m. kickoff from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. So the big story here is Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. Brady is probably the greatest of all time, but if there is someone who could eventually take over, it may be Mahomes. Just with the talent he has, already won a Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl, and National Football League MVP. Going to be awesome to watch what those guys have prepared uh, for the opposing defenses and how things are schemed up. That's what I'm really excited for. But I'm also excited to watch Georgia represented in the Super Bowl for the 20th straight year, which leads all schools. So Chiefs wide receiver Mikael Hardman will be in the Super Bowl for the second straight year, his second straight year, and I hope he absolutely goes off. The line is set currently at Chiefs minus three, and the total is at 56. Uh, I love Kansas City's game and how they scheme offensively, uh, but I watched Tampa Bay hit Aaron Rodgers all night in the NFC Championship. Their defense was lights out on a really good Packers offense. On the other side is Tom Brady, who I just don't feel comfortable uh, in going against here. I'd like to buy points, maybe go Tampa plus five, but the line is three and got to choose from there. So I say I say Tampa Bay, Gronkineers cover, and the total goes over 56. Now, whether or not the, the national anthem goes under or over the minute, what, 30 is probably going to be set at, I don't know yet. I have to look in that later. Probably going to place that Saturday. I always wait to do that because for me, I look up uh, the estimated time that it takes to sing the national anthem, and then I judge by whoever sings it. I don't even know who sings it yet, so I have to look that up. Also, the weekend is scheduled for the halftime Super Bowl show. Not sure exactly how that's going to go. I read somewhere that he put $7 million of his own money into the halftime performance, so who knows what we'll see there. But thanks so much for listening, everyone. That's the show. I'll be back next week. Check my Super Bowl pick and talk dogs, as always. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Let us know what you think and hit me up on Twitter with your Super Bowl picks. I'm at J underscore Shelton underscore, and we are at UGA Football Live on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Have a great weekend, everyone. Go dogs. Tyler Simmons was on sides. Aggravates the stew out of me.